You're listening to Mind Your OT Business, a podcast to empower and equip occupational therapy practitioners and others to be savvy and successful entrepreneurs. I'm your host, the ever honest, always 100% real, Laura Park Figueroa. I'm the founder and owner of Outdoor Kids OT, a leader in the nature-based therapy movement, as well as a business coach for therapist entrepreneurs exclusively in my Business Better Ops group coaching program. I hope that what you hear on this podcast will empower you to take action, even when you feel a little bit afraid. So are you ready to take action? Let's jump in. Welcome to what might be one of the most value-packed episodes I have ever recorded on the Mind Your OT Business podcast. You are going to be so glad you tuned in today, especially if you are a practice owner who struggles with some problems in your practice that you feel like there may not be a solution to. Things like a really high cancellation rate or things like over-serving your clients and not being paid for a large percentage of the time that you spend answering emails, sending text messages, coordinating scheduling, answering questions, doing your notes, all of those things that typically are not income-producing activities in your business, but they can be. And Marika Austin is here to share today all about how you can transition to a package pricing model in your business. I have frequently recommended Marika's product, which she created to help other therapy practitioners transition to a package pricing model, to business coaching clients that I have had, people in my Business Bedrocks program. I've just on Facebook groups recommended it to people because I have seen inside of her product and it is an incredible incredible deal for the value that it offers to solve all of these problems in practitioners' therapy practices. So Marika is going to share all about how she knew this was a huge problem for her in her business and for other OT entrepreneurs. She's going to share how she came up with the solution, how she tested that idea. She shares all about the process of creating the product and had some incredible entrepreneurship insights as she was creating it that I can't wait for you to hear her share. She shares about the tools that she used, how she kept it simple and didn't overthink things, which is a huge problem I think we often have as entrepreneurs how she launched the product and sold without an established audience and how she learned to be more comfortable selling and solving a problem. And she's also going to share what is all included in this product. So I share at the end of this episode, I forgot to mention at the beginning of Marika and I's conversation that Marika and I are having an affiliate agreement for people who purchase her product using the code Laura, L-A-U-R-A, my first name. (laughs) So you'll hear information about that at the end of the show, but I just wanted to be clear at the beginning of the show that that was the relationship we are in. Now, Marika has been very vocal online, so I can share that here that I have done business coaching with her and was in the thought process as she created this product, which was such a joy to see because it solves just a true entrepreneur, right? She saw a problem that existed in the market and she took action to solve it for other people. I'll stop talking now. I will let Marika speak for it herself so you can hear all about her story and about how her package pricing guide came to be. And here is Marika Austin of Barefoot OT in San Francisco, California. Hi, Marika. Hi, Laura. I'm so happy to have you here. I really, I know, I'm excited too. This is, this is one of the conversations I am most enthusiastic about. I feel like I'm saying this a lot to people I've interviewed lately, but really it's, it's so cool to be at a place in doing this podcast where I know what will really, really help people. And I think that's why I've been very excited about this conversation because this is just going to deliver some value. So I'm really excited. No, I'm really excited. And it's also interesting because you've been present for a lot of the process. So it's like, you can sort of see how this would help people in different stages. So this is really great. Yes. So tell everyone a little bit about who you are, your business, and then we'll get into all of the nitty gritty of creating this amazing product that you did. 
Awesome. So I'm Marika Austin and I am the owner of Barefoot Occupational Therapy based out of the Bay Area, San Francisco and Marin. And I run an outdoor pediatric practice. Uh, We do one-on-one groups and summer camp. And that's what I do with my time. And it's amazing. And so tell us about the non-amazing parts that (laughs) made you realize there was a problem in your capacity to serve families in your business. Yeah, absolutely. So when I started Barefoot, I was running the model that I had always seen in private practice for pediatrics where you have a caseload, it's a pretty big caseload, and kids come in once a week, you see them for about an hour, they come back the next week. So that's how I was running Barefoot because I was starting my own business. And often when you do that, you are not really interested in reinventing the wheel. So you sort of pick what you want to change. And so I was running on that model of one time a week therapy for an hour. And what started to happen, and this is really started in COVID where Mm -hmm. at the beginning of COVID, when everyone, we didn't know what was happening and a lot of families were struggling and I wanted to support the families that I was working with, I started to create a lot of extra resources. So I sent weekly emails with things to do at home, things to try. I started to do individualized Google classrooms for all of my clients, which is something that I had learned when I was still doing school-based work, this platform of Google Classroom. And so I had an individualized Google Classroom for everybody. And I would post in there. I would make videos. I was totally into it. And the parents loved it because it was providing support in between Mm -hmm. sessions. And so it was this snowball effect, right? Where I had started because I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a great idea. This is really going to help families and their kids make progress. And then what started to happen because I had never raised my prices is I was doing all of this stuff for free. And I, so again, COVID times, this starting to happen, March, April, 2020, by the fall of 2020, I was feeling so burnt out. And I was really starting to resent the families that I was working with in a way, because I was feeling a little bit like the work that I was doing was not being recognized or necessarily appreciated in the way that I feel like I wanted to be appreciated, which felt really, really icky. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. With compensation because they, they appreciated I'm sure all of these helpful resources and the support you were giving their child and the transformation they're seeing in their children, their family, and they appreciate that, but you're feeling really stressed out to get them to that transformation. Right. And that's not what we want in our businesses. So when you were, when you were talking, I was thinking I wanted to go and you were charging them for all of this time. Correct. (laughs) I know. I feel like I probably had your voice in my head while I was providing all of this extra support for free. Like you should charge for this Marika. Right, but right. I just, I just didn't. And so I had never raised my prices. So I was still charging families for the one hour per week when they showed mm-hmm. up for an OT session, but then all of the extra stuff, I, yeah, I never raised my rates. I never charged for any of it. Right. And it was a fast road to burnout. So that was one of the things that I started to really realize like, oh my gosh, these services that I'm providing are really, really beneficial for progress and for buy-in and commitment and all that. But I have to figure out a way to charge for it in a way that feels like it respects my time. Yeah. So that was one of the big ones. That was one of the big ones. I want to also frame this for you and remind us all in this conversation that this was during the height of the pandemic. And I think it speaks to the quality of you as a clinician, as well as many, many other clinicians, I'm sure who are, who are listening to this, you pivoted, you, you tried to find a way to like really support families in the middle of what was very uncertain, very scary, very confusing, a time of upheaval for businesses, for families, for everything. So I want to honor that for a minute. And like, I know it sounds like you kind of dug your own grave or made your own prison, right? You're like, it was so, I was so burning out. But also like coming from such a place of creativity and and thinking about how to really serve families well in the middle of the pandemic and and look at what it gave you. I mean, a solution to a problem that so many therapists have, because it's not just during the pandemic that we overserve as therapists. And so I think 
yes, I just want to honor that, that I think it was a process that was out of a, it was kind of birthed in a very uncertain time and that you were doing what you needed to do at the time. And I, well, I do want to say also to that point, it's all of those extra services that I was providing and having these phone calls with these parents that were really struggling during the pandemic and all that. What was also interesting is that yes, it became overwhelming, but I also knew that it was the type of support that I wanted to continue to provide to family. So I never wanted to go back to just seeing a kid once a week and then not really talking to caregivers that much or not providing this support in between. So yes, it resulted in overwhelm and a little bit of burnout last fall, but at the same time, it really also gave me clarity about the type of services that I really wanted to provide for every family that I worked with. So that's another lesson learned throughout it. And then, yeah, the second big one was cancellations. And that is something that every therapist I think has struggled with in terms of families. Usually I'll say this, usually clinics, businesses, therapy businesses have some amount of protection for no-shows, right? I know most of the clinics and places that I've worked in, if a client no-shows, it's a little bit, it's unambiguous that they are maybe getting charged for that session that they didn't show up to. Or a fee. Yeah. There might even be, if they're under insurance, they may have to Mm -hmm. pay a fee for Mm -hmm. not showing up. Yeah. Right. But every other cancellation policy that I've ever seen and have worked under has been Mm -hmm. pretty wishy-washy, right? It's like, Oh my goodness. Okay. Well you gave me enough notice. So, uh, in my policy, you don't get charged, but I only get paid if you show up for a session. So we're in this kind of back and forth of, do I have a policy that protects me and also encourages consistency and attendance and things like that. So like every summer, I mean, again, I feel like pediatric therapists especially can identify with this, but during last summer, again, pandemic times and summer vacation, I had so many cancellations because people were out of town or they were in camp that conflicted with their therapy time. And so I was getting destroyed by cancellations and I had no financial plan for being able to recoup those losses. And what I did was I offered Saturday makeup sessions for like two months straight. Every Saturday I was like, I'm available for makeups. Anyone want to come for a makeup session? And family said to me, no, we're good. You know, we're okay. Because I think that it was viewed as something extra. Yeah. So I, and then California where I live, we had really bad wildfires last year which for outdoor OT, basically the only thing that cancels an outdoor OT session is air quality. So then I had a slew of cancellations for air quality reasons. And so summer and fall, it was really a scary financial time in my business of just not knowing how much money was going to come in when I was going to see a kid, when could I charge a family for a session? So that also led me to think, oh my goodness, there's got to be a better way to do this. Yes. Yes. And you created it. You (laughs) created it. So tell tell us, tell us about the, the, the moment when you kind of had that light bulb moment of like, wait, I could actually create something that would work in my business and maybe, well, I guess it's kind of a different process, right? Cause you did it in your business first, then you created this product. So mm-hmm. maybe tell us a little bit about the process of transitioning to a different sure. model of service. And then let's talk about all the details of your, I could make this for other therapists too. Yeah. The process for me was kind of excruciating because I, mm-hmm. well, I did feel like I was reinventing a wheel or creating yeah. a different contraption altogether because I, through all of this kind of soul searching and deciding how could this be better? I want to deliver more services to families. I need to protect myself from cancellations. I want more buy-in from families. So those cancellations don't happen as much. I need all of these contingency plans. I got some wonderful business coaching from you. (laughs) And I got a lot of good crowdsourcing from my business entrepreneur besties, friends, and all of these other things. And I decided to make 
quarterly therapy packages where families are signing up for a quarter at a time. And within that quarter, within those three months, they get a certain number of services. So they get in-person services. They get phone consultations or Zoom consultations with caregivers or whoever they want me to talk to, teachers, all that. And then also this Google Classroom support, the the snowball, the momentum (laughs) that I had kind of like put into motion. I loved it so much. I wanted that to be a part of packages too. So my quarterly packages, again, instead of just having it be pay per session, every time a kid comes, families were paying per month at the beginning of the month for a quarterly package that included a variety of services to support families and kids. So it was definitely a lot of planning and Mm -hmm. so many Google docs and so many notebook scribbles and hiring people to help me sort of when I got stuck and all of that. But at the end of it, I rolled it out to my families that I was working with last year and I lost no clients with the big change and was able to really hit the ground running January 1st of 2021 with these quarterly packages. Yeah. That's a nice to like start the year that way is a really nice timing of the, of the whole thing where you could roll it out in January. I remember, I remember your process of being fearful to send out the email to your current families. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So I had spent all of this time designing these new packages and I, I had definitely gone through a process where I was really comfortable with the offer that I was providing, right? I knew it was valuable. I knew it was what families would really benefit from. And I knew it was a a sturdy and robust business decision as well. So I was very comfortable with the idea and how I had worked out all the details. I was nervous about how it would be received by parents and families on my caseload. And I was really worried because they were used to paying every for every session, right? Come for a Mm -hmm. session, pay for a session, come for a session, pay for a session. And all of a sudden I was going to ask them to pay a larger monthly fee. And I was really worried that families were going to be like, hell no, I can't do that. Or that's a big switch. Like I can't do that. Or what do you mean you want to charge us that much more per month or something? So I was really worried about how it would be received by families. So I spent a lot of time on the communication piece Mm -hmm. and hired Jenny Gill, copywriter extraordinaire. And she helped me actually write the email that got sent out to my current families to sort of explain the change, explain the why, explain how it affected families and how it benefited families. And it was, it was like through all of that kind of, uh, that work that went before the email went out it. Yeah. Like I said, I didn't lose any clients, even though in my worst nightmares, I was like, nobody, nobody is going to sign up. Right. Right. I will lose everybody. Yeah. And I think it's really important to let's backtrack a minute because we didn't really talk about how you had three different levels of pricing. So that is something with package pricing that the whole point of package pricing is to help people get services that really provide the value, but also have different levels where they can opt in for more, or they can opt in for the basic. And what I think your packages did. So you had like your, I forget what you call them. Basic, basic standard, standard (laughs) and pro. Yeah. Basic standard pro. We talked about those terms. I remember on one of our calls for a while, (laughs) like, no, it shouldn't be (laughs) basic. Okay. Basic maybe, but maybe it could be like, I don't know, VIP. That's kind of weird for, you know, (laughs) we were talking about that. So basic standard and pro. And I remember as we were talking about pricing, the standard package was actually what you were doing currently for families. Yeah. But you were, you were pricing it to make sure that you were going to get paid for all your time. Right. Yeah. So the standard middle package is generally when, when people do package pricing, it's generally like the middle package is what you're aiming for people to buy. But the great thing you did, and I think this might be part of why, I mean, besides Jenny Gill being a fabulous communicator and being able to communicate to families, the value, right. Is that the basic package that you had was the same price as parents were currently paying, right? Or maybe a little less. Yeah, no. So it was, so again, my, I'm, I'll share real numbers, right? Let's talk real numbers. So 
I was charging $150 a session. I live in San Francisco, the Bay Area, for some geographical context as well. And the basic package, like if a family came four times a month, which is very reasonable, they were paying $600 a month for therapy. So the basic package was $645 a month. So in terms of someone being really like, oh my goodness, what's the price change? $645 and $600 were close enough that- Some families, if they were feeling like, oh my gosh, that's a big jump for us. It was so comparable to what they were already paying for therapy services that it felt like a really good option. I will say that basically no one chose the basic package because they had already experienced what was included in the standard package, which was the Google Classroom session support, you know, in between session support. And all of that. So most people signed up for the standard package, but the basic package was there as a very comparable option. Yeah. And the basic package, the other thing that, that, that process of rolling that out to your families did was to say this basic package, if you're going to pay me the $645, this includes visits and an update every six months or whatever, whatever that, it, whatever you put yeah. in it. I can't remember. Yep. It has a few other things, right? But if you get the standard package, it's going to be more money because it's more of my time. It's more mm-hmm. of my team's time, mm-hmm. right? We're spending yeah. a lot of individualized attention. There's consult, there's support for you. That's extra. And so it naturally sets boundaries. It's like, you do not have access to, I don't know this, if this is how you structure it, but you do not have access to Google classroom if you buy the basic package, we're, that's just not something that we're going to offer. I don't, I don't know if that's how you did yeah. it, but, but yeah, like totally. example of, and I always encourage people when they do package pricing to think about things that you're naturally doing anyway. And, and if they're, if they could be valuable to families, then put them in there because that's showing families the value, right? So we all have to do notes. And actually, if you give people access to your notes, you actually do a better job writing notes. So it benefits you benefits the family, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so you could give your family access to the notes so that they can see what you're writing about their child, you know, so that that's something simple that you have to do it anyway. So give families access and, and charge for your time documenting when you normally wouldn't really get paid for that time. Right. We should frame this whole conversation that you are a cash-based practice and there are, there are some challenges around restructuring your practice to offer package pricing. If you are a insurance-based practice, but it doesn't mean that you can't add on cash-based services on top of insurance, as long as that is okay with your insurance contract and all of that. I don't, I don't do, I don't run an insurance-based practice. So that's something that I don't know a lot about, but there is, there there are some added challenges, but we should have framed that maybe at the beginning that cash-based practice episode primarily, you know, when we're, when we're talking about this, but yeah. So it does just help though. I think any practice to think about a different way of structuring things. You don't have to do one hour for X amount of dollars in your business. You can structure it differently. So, okay. So you rolled out this package pricing. I did. You kept all your clients. (laughs) I did. Yes. (laughs) And let's talk about the moment when you realized, wait, maybe this could help other people. Yes. So that was an interesting moment. And you know, this is what I love about entrepreneurship and maybe just life in general is that things just surprise you. You know, you're Mm -hmm. just like, you're going about your hardworking business and then every once in a while opportunities present themselves. And if you are in a community of people that can remind you to see them, if you can't see them yourself, then, then it's pretty cool to see what's up there. So what happened was I was on an episode with Trish Williams on the OTs get paid podcast talking about package pricing. And that episode I think was recorded in February of 2021. And I was talking about this big overhaul change that I had just made in my business and why and how in terms of profit and financial stability, which, you know, OTs get paid, love that title. You know, that's like what we were talking about a lot is kind of the financial aspect of it. So Trish put out that episode and I was so surprised and excited about the amount of interest that came from that episode. People in the Facebook group, people in other Facebook groups were just really curious about the package pricing model because although it's done in a lot of other industries, it is not done very often. Yeah. Rarely, rarely, rarely in therapy. And so there was this overwhelming amount of kind of interest questions. How did you do it? 
what does it look like? What do you do when this happens? What do you do when this happens? And I, I was pleasantly surprised to know that like I had already thought a lot of those details out in my yes. very long fall 2020 process of really digging into the nitty gritty and thinking about plan A, plan B, plan C, contingencies. And so when people were asking, well, what happens if people want to join mid quarter or what happens if there's a cancellation because you're sick? Like any of these yeah. things, I was like, oh, I have an answer to that. Oh, I already thought that one through, right? So right. it was really surprising that again, like, oh my goodness, I can help answer these questions. And so I was talking, I have a really wonderful group of business besties and we have a every other week call together. And we were talking after the podcast episode had aired and those lovely people in that group were like, you should make a course about this, Marika. And I remember, I remember being like, no, no, I'm like a pediatric OT. I like see kids in the woods, right? I don't, I'm not a <gasps> digital product maker. Right. I don't know how to do that. I've never done that before. And they were so encouraging and hilarious that they're like, no, you just, you need to do it and you need yeah. to do it now. <laughs> Right. I think that was the funny part too. They're like, no, yeah, just don't wait. You got to go for it. So yeah. they were very encouraging. And so I made a course. I made a course to help other therapy business owners to transition to package pricing. And you had that conversation when? Yeah, I think sometime in March, 2021. And you launched your product when? In April, 2021. <laughs> so quick turnaround, but and you know, when you're in something that you really love, you just sort of get into this flow state. And I remember being in it, being so excited to be making something to share. So, and it is a fabulous product. It's just a fabulous product. It, you did such a great job. And I, I think it's, it models so well for people that you just your whole story, you just share that you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to have like 30 years of offering package pricing services to, to be able to help other people do the same. And in fact, I just recorded an episode with Amira Condoli and she's um, on Instagram and she, I don't mm -hmm. know, I think it'll come out after this one. So it'll be next week's episode. And, and one of the things she said was that it, well, I guess I shouldn't give it away, but it's, it's a similar concept that like, you don't have to be an expert to teach people something that you just went through because that's when you're closest to it. That's right. when you are like really in it. You really remember it. You know, the struggle, you know, how to communicate the problem that people for were sure. having and the solution you found for it. And honestly, too many of us keep those solutions to ourselves because we're scared of putting ourselves out there, or we just think it'll take too much time, or we're scared that it's not going to be perfect or whatever. All these fears hold us back. Mm -hmm. And yet we have these great ideas that never come to kind of be in the world and help people because we're fearful. So if we can reframe it as like, I have to get this out in the world to help people right, <laughs> rather, right. rather totally. than like, it's my product and I'm trying to like promote myself or something like that. So talk about some of the things I know we had, we had brainstormed a few earlier today. Like what, what are some of the things you feel like really helped you get it, get it done? Like actually to get it done. And especially that quickly. The first thing that I did was I set out a course outline and that was really helpful for, for framing what the process might be like. And that was actually, I wouldn't say easy, but it flowed really naturally because it was the exact same process that I had just gone through. It was kind of like, okay, why, why would you want to switch to package pricing? How do you do it? How do you price it? How do you communicate it to clients? What do you have to do to kind of track and revise? So I had just gone through that entire process. I was really close to it. And so when I was making an outline to figure out how and what I was going to deliver to other people to guide them through the process as well, it was really familiar. So making the outline yeah. first, and then it was, you know, it's such a wonderful thing about having people who can give you feedback about the things that you're doing, because I first made a video. It was an hour long video sort of going through these steps of the process. And I had a friend look at it and she said, too long. You got to break it up into little chunks and you also need a workbook. And I was like, oh shoot, I need a workbook. She's like, yeah, you need a workbook. So <laughs> again, so then I, you know, took this hour long video. I broke it up into these bite-sized video modules that go through each step. And then I had a workbook that kind of goes along 
congruently, right? And alongside the video modules to really help people go through the process of thinking what's going to make sense for their business. And then I had all of these templates and documents and things that I was using to implement my package pricing in my business. And so those are things that I thought, yeah, these are awesome resources. I would love to give these to other people. And so I went through, I made it so they were kind of easy to edit. And that was also part of the package. And this is a good example of thinking about, it's kind of the same thing I just said about when you're making packages, think about what are you already doing that you could throw into a package, but you already had all these templates. Now, yes, it was work to get them set up where other people could use them Mm -hmm. and they can edit them and all of that. And you take out your own language maybe, but, but my gosh, like how much money, I mean, I would love to hear this. I didn't tell you, I was going to ask you this, but just take Uh a second. (laughs) Take a second and I want you to think about how much money I want you to put a dollar value on it. Seriously, because I have one in my mind, but I don't know how much time or maybe say it out loud. I don't I don't care how you do this. Do you think it took you money and time that it took you to create these templates, to go through the process of creating all of the the packages and the pricing and all of this education that you have in your mind now and this expertise about package pricing? What's the dollar amount? I mean, Hmm. I have something in mind, but I'd be interested to hear what you would, what you would say. Yeah. So I have a dollar amount for the work that I outsource, right? So I did coaching. Hmm. I hired a copywriter. I had a graphic designer help me with some of the stuff for my package pricing to make like my nice little three tiers PDF look really nice and pretty. I spent $1,700 on those people. Yes. So those three people, I spent $1,700 and then of my own time, holy Mm -hmm. shoot. I'm trying not to curse on this (laughs) podcast over a hundred hours for sure. Easy. And so say I'm paying myself, let's say a hundred dollars an hour for easy math. Okay. Easy math. A hundred dollars an hour. Uh, yeah. Times a hundred. Yeah. $10,000, $10,000. So I I, have myself be, you know, low paid, but yeah, good, good point, Laura. Good point. Really. It should be more like 200. You are in the Bay area. So we could put a 20 grand (laughs) ticket price on this thing. So, so I just, I want to frame that because I think a lot of times, thank you for, for sharing that. Um, especially the numbers about like what you outsource to, because I think I paid like I've paid $1,500 several times to have people create a sales page in Kajabi mm-hmm. where I mm-hmm. write the copy, but then they make it pretty, you know? Right. Um, and that is the best money I've ever spent. I, I couldn't make it look that way for the life of me, you know? So we should outsource things in our business, but also I, I think thinking about the time, any time that we invest in something for our business, I always feel like we have to think about the time that it would take us to get there on our own. And that's why I asked you to put it because I was thinking like 10 to 20 grand. Like, honestly, that was yeah. the number in my brain. I didn't want to say yeah. it because I wondered what you'd come up with. <laughs> because when you think about the, the time you spent learning, making mistakes, fixing things, recreating things, revising things, paying for coaching, coaching is not cheap. It shouldn't be cheap. It's valuable, you know? Yeah. So, so all of these investments that you've made in your business, when you pour them into an online digital product that other people can benefit from, they are getting a screaming deal with this. I I'm serious. I, I, people are going to be mad. Cause I'm going to be like, keep raising your prices, Marika. <laughs> But I don't say that I'm not someone who always says we should raise prices either. I'm not, I'm not one of those people, but I, I did want to have that discussion around the investment you made in creating it because I, I feel like too often we're just cheap in what we will invest in ourselves in business. And when we can think about making an investment, we should always think about like, how much time would it take me to get there? If I was going to recreate the wheel, right? Right. I think it's time. And also, I mean, I, I remember at least one, maybe more coaching calls that I had with you in the fall when I was figuring out everything else where I was in tears. Right. So it's also, it's like time investment, but then also this sort of stress investment and sort of emotional, I don't know, just bandwidth that you're using. I mean, I, that's, I want to save people time 
and money and also tears. <laughs> yes, right. So if I right. do that, I like feel really good. So right. that's what I, that's I, the, I that's often talk about how I often think about this. I don't know if I say it much on the podcast, but I think a lot about how, what people will pay for is what saves them time or makes them money right? Like we say that we want other things, but really ultimately like there's no more time. Everybody gets the same amount of time in a day. So if you can save time and if you can make money, money can, can bring you a lot of freedom in many ways. So, but that emotional piece is like a a little, it's like a felt need, but it maybe isn't as tangible as that saving time or money, but it's, it's like the trifecta of solutions to (laughs) this problem, right. (laughs) Of, of feeling overworked as a therapist. One thing I wanted to touch on before we get into kind of the launching and, and selling part of the product was how simple you kept the delivery of the product. So just real quick, talk about that, because I think a lot of times we get stuck in analysis paralysis of which platform should I use and what should I do? And you were just like, Nope, I'm going to do a zip file. It's no big deal. It's going to, I'm going to put it on Wix, but I'm like, all right, great. Perfect. Like, yeah, I thought, I mean, one of the things that I started with when I was thinking about what, again, where to put the product, how it should be delivered was I thought about the tools that I already had. So I have a website. I love it. It's a, you know, I love its design. It's on Wix. I'm really familiar with that platform. So I decided that I was going to sell it through my barefoot website, through the Wix stores. So it's like a little bit more that you have to pay for the Wix membership to be able to process payments and things like that. But it was a, again, platform that I knew and I knew how my way around it. So I decided to sell it through Wix stores, through my existing site. And then there are all of these course platforms, but I decided for my beta launch in April to keep it simple with a zip file. So I had the videos, all those little video modules, plus the workbook, and then all the downloads compressed it into a zip file. And when you buy the product on the website, it automatically kind of downloads the zip file and it's yours. It becomes the customers. And that felt like the easiest delivery that I could do for myself and for others using platforms that I already had. So I didn't, besides paying for the Wix stores capability of processing payments, I didn't pay for any other programs. So I already had Loom, which I recorded my videos and I already had Canva where I made my workbook. So did you invest in... Yeah, it's great. I love the idea of using tools you already have. We should all be doing that. We should all be looking at what we already have and trying to use that tool rather than adding a new like shiny object to our entrepreneurship toolkit. Did you pay for any template or anything to make your workbook in Canva or did you have a graphic designer help you with that? I use just one of their basic templates. I think that they have, Okay. maybe they have templates for workbooks, but I use something and then edit it to have my barefoot brand colors and things like that. But no, I just used a template that Canva already had. I used a template from Amber Chalice and I can't remember it's C-H-A-L-U-S. If anybody wants to look her up online, I I think it was $37 or something several years ago. I, I got it, or actually, I guess it wasn't that long ago. So I use it for bedrocks. It was a year and a half ago. And it, it just was a template that she created that had a hundred different kind of workbook pages. So worth cool. the money, so worth yeah, the yeah, money. Yeah. And you can brand it with your own. It's just, it was, it was really fun. It was a fun creative process because I had that template to go by mm-hmm. and I could select what I wanted to use from her different pages that she'd created. Okay. So now you've created this amazing product and you're going to sell it to all the parents in your current audience on your Instagram yeah. account, right? That was, that was definitely an oh shit moment where I was like, okay, I've made this thing. I am so pumped about it. I can't wait to share it. And then I, yeah, the people who follow me on Instagram, which is sort of the main social media place where I exist. The people who follow me on Instagram are other pediatric therapists who are looking for activity ideas or parents looking for activity ideas for their kid. It is not specifically for business owners who might be interested in buying a course 
on how to switch to package pricing. So that was definitely not a roadblock, but just an interesting thing to think about in terms of, okay, I have this product, but I don't really have, I haven't nurtured a particular audience to buy the damn thing. So yeah, that was definitely (laughs) interesting. So, but you did have, you probably do have some private practice owners following you, but you're right. It wasn't like your ideal, like your main audience was not therapist business owners who are running private right. practices. Right? And even if it was the content that I was producing and like to produce for the barefoot Instagram was kind of kids in the woods and activity. ideas, Right. right? So even if my audience was business owners, it was like the, the purpose of that account was to sort of spread the, the nature-based OT goodness. Right. right. So yeah, but uh, there are some business owners, but it was not my primary audience. So what'd you do? What did I do? Oh, so many things. I, so Facebook really helped because I'm in a bunch of different entrepreneur therapy practice owners, Facebook groups. And so I started to just show up more there. I previously had not been, I would say active on Facebook. I would just sort of like pop in there every once in a while. But when I was starting to develop this course and understanding that I didn't have a mailing list, I didn't have a place to sort of say, Hey, I have this new product. Isn't this awesome? I started to show up in Facebook groups and really kind of engage and interact and not to like be icky and salesy and be like, yeah, come and know who I am. Cause I'm about to try and sell you something, but really kind of be present, be helpful and also use the marketing Mondays, right? Like I, that was my primary vehicle for spreading the word about the package pricing guide was through marketing Mondays on the OT entrepreneur Facebook group mm-hmm. and the OT is get paid Facebook group. I was in there every Monday, kind of sort of talking about burnout, yep. talking about working beyond the therapy hour for free and really trying to engage with those communities in a way that was helpful. And that was, that was what, that was my strategy. That was my strategy was just sort of show up, be helpful, use other people's audiences, but not in a way where I was self-promoting in a way that would have gotten me blocked or my post deleted. Right. So really picking the moments and the spaces where I could be talking about package pricing. Yeah, that's great. I think that's a really good strategy, especially because you're, you're testing it out. You're just trying to be helpful to people. And a lot of times there are questions that come up in the groups about, I really feel like I'm over delivering and I'm getting so burned out or whatever. And that's the perfect opportunity to say, oh my gosh, this was me. And here's what worked for me. Right. And you're, you're really not, your product is, is priced at a level that is not like unattainable for people. It's not like a $5,000 product or something. So it really is like, how can you help them? And it is about decreasing therapists burnout and overwhelm and helping them make more money and save time. And so it, it feels genuine to be talking about it rather than like, it's a sales pitch every time. And you did a great job. I mean, I really do feel like I noticed you showing up more, but it wasn't like, can I DM you? Can I DM you? (laughs) Right. Right. That's what I've thought about making that a rule actually. And I might actually make it a rule in the OT entrepreneurs, Facebook group, because you guys, this is so, I'm sorry. Let me go on this soapbox for a minute, Marika. Yes. Go for it. It is so bad for a Facebook community to have people in the group going, I'll DM you, I'll DM you the link. I'll DM you. I'll DM you. If we are in a community of people having a conversation, it's like whispering to the person next to you rather than just sharing it with the people you're talking to, you know? So to me, it's like one of my pet peeves in the group and I haven't made a rule about it yet, but but I might, because I feel like it's a way that other people are kind of subtly self-promoting. And I have, I have had to reach out to occasionally to people to say, please stop asking people if you can DM them because it's a veiled form of self-promotion that I'm not comfortable with 
and it makes other people uncomfortable too. It's really more like, I don't care if the person wants to buy their product later on, but just don't say I'll DM you. That's okay. Soapbox over. And <laughs> well, it's also interesting because I, it w- I had to get comfortable with people offering to spread the word about yeah. what I was making and taking them for their word that they actually were legitimately interested. Like I remember Alexis, you know, I think I like I had posted something on a marketing Monday about the package pricing guide and she had emailed me or DM me or something um, that said like, Hey, I would love to share this with some of the people that I work with. And I was like, okay. And then I just like, didn't, I like, just like didn't email her for a long time and finally did. And I said, you know, this is, I am, this is really hard for me, but here is the link. Like if people do, if you think this would benefit your people or some of your people, here is the link, but it was really uncomfortable for me. And she did a really wonderful job of sort of saying, again, when you are selling something that can really help people, it's okay to sell it to people. Yes. Right? Like, and I, and I still struggle with that. Um, yeah. but I, yeah, I'm really grateful for people who are like, Hey, that sounds awesome. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll tell people about it. That's Alexis Joel on Instagram. Yeah. That's yes. who you're talking yes. about. She is the most collaborative, encouraging. Like I she really, is, she, yeah. when I first showed up on Instagram, she was so encouraging to me. And I was like, so awkward. So awkward. we all are. When you go on a new platform, you're awkward. You just don't know like yes. what you're doing yes. and you're, you're so kind of true. stalking more than you're actually showing up. And I was so awkwardly, I don't even remember, but I just remember feeling very like weird and awkward. Yeah. And she was so encouraging. She was like cheering me on. She was saying great live video. She, you know, she just was she is like true OT. I, I love her. Yeah, I love her so much. Really, so I love wonderful. that she did that. And also like, that's essentially what she was saying, I think is that it's like, it's our ethical obligation to sell things. If we know they can help people like right. it's, it's okay to make money and help people. Do I have to repeat this 400 times? Yes, I do. Because yes, we do. all, yes, you do. <laughs> we all, ju- we all just forget, right. We all yeah. forget because we are helpers. So, okay. Yeah. So that's how you launched and sold without, without an audience. I mean, Mm -hmm. you had a network, but you weren't, you weren't building a relationship with an audience the way so many people, so many experts say you have to build an audience before you launch something. And this is a great example of staying curious, doing the work, just kind of seeing what's out there and finding creative ways to connect with the people who may need your product, even if you aren't posting on Instagram seven times a day to connect with your ideal customer. (laughs) So, um, I just love it. We talked a little about discomfort and selling, and that was next on my list to ask you, is there anything else you want to add about that? I think that, well, one thing that happened in the process of the beta launch was that I had on my barefoot Instagram, I had posted things there about how hard cancellations are for your business. And, how it feels when a family is being really wishy-washy about scheduling a makeup session or answering really long emails and not getting paid for it. So I was posting those things on the barefoot Instagram. And it was really interesting because I think that I knew in my gut that it wasn't quite the place, like it wasn't quite the place for that content, which then has since that beta launch. And I don't know why I was so resistant to this, but I have since sort of like split my, my personas, right? Because at Barefoot, I started it. I love it, right? Like I am so <laughs> in it that that feels like Marika, but it's becoming more and more that like Barefoot is an entity yeah. and Marika Austin is an entity. And so since the beta launch, it became clear that I kind of needed to separate out these two entities and profiles to deliver different content because I would have, I had I wanted to talk to different audiences. So that was also uncomfortable as I was kind of experiencing this discomfort, putting content out and kind of knowing that it wasn't quite the right channel and I was doing it anyway to learn, but then it became clear that I needed to do this other thing, which since I have. Right. Because I think about some of the things, so I, I need to tell you this, I don't know if I DM'd you this, but for some reason, 
I found out really late that you had split your, mm. like I was still following barefoot on Instagram because yeah. we DM back and forth occasionally yeah. just about like coaching sessions or whatever. But I felt like I suddenly was like, wait, why does she have two? Where should I message her? And then I went to your Marika. What is it? Marika underscore OT or something. Marika Austin underscore OT, which since yeah. I've learned is like not the handle that I should have, but too bad. Oh, too bad. why? Why? Why is it? Not it's the like, handle? cause I have to say like, I don't know. I'm underscore. This. Yeah. The underscore oh. who cares. I don't know who cares. The gurus say <laughs> sometimes the best things come when you don't follow what the gurus say. There's no That's one right true. way to do business anyway. True. So I, I found you and I was like, why does the algorithm it's broken? Because why would the algorithm not know that I wanted to see all these amazing reels that Marie could <laughs> I'm seeing like stupid, like young living essential oil stuff. I'm like, why do they think I need this? I'm seeing a hundred of them. I I started swiping as fast as I could to get past them. Anyway, um, probably because I like looked at natural food or something and then they think I'm, oh yeah, the algorithm one time, that one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do love essential oils. I make natural bug spray that worked very well on the upper peninsula of Michigan on Ray and I's backpacking trip, I must say. Find the recipe on YouTube if you type in natural bug repellent. Anyway, but it was just so funny because when I when I saw that that you were splitting it, I thought I thought well the first thing I thought was oh she's doing what I'm doing which is two accounts which is a lot you know but also I think it was smart because you're right that like the content that you were sharing about therapist overwhelm like you almost don't want parents hearing it, it almost feels like the. Yes it feels like a disservice to families to be like, we're complaining about how tired we are. For <laughs> sure. Your child, For sure. It right? felt awkward. It felt so, totally awkward. Yeah. And not that you did anything that was, you know, disrespectful of them or anything, but I could see where there would be a disconnect. There would be like a feeling of, well, I can't really put this there, even if therapists are following us because we don't want families to feel uncomfortable with it. And right. it's hard to serve two audiences with one Instagram account. So yeah. Yes. So I thought that was really smart. And now I'm following you there too. Cause your reels are so great. I just love them. I love the reels queen herself. Oh, please. I, yours are better than mine. I I've been, I've been on a creative, creative slog lately. I just feel like I'm not being as creative as I used to, but I just embrace it. I'm just like, it'll come back someday. I'm fine. Um, I loved your one. There was one that she did. Everyone listening, I'm going to try to frame it. You should go watch it on Instagram. So funny. <laughs> it was like delegating to my VA. And it, oh, yeah. you, you're like, open the computer and look, and then you'd close it and walk away. And then you'd come back and look at the computer yeah. again. And <laughs> just checking uh, to make sure everything is done with like my- Such real life. Such real it's, life for me. It's real life. It's <laughs> like as entrepreneurs, we giving up control is the only way to grow your business. It's the only way- but it's so hard. (laughs) We just want to like keep our little claws around all those things in the business. Grippy hands. Yes. So, okay. So, well, last few questions. I want you to share what you included in this digital product. I think that will help people who are maybe thinking probably in this conversation, they've thought of some things that they could create themselves. So what all did you include in this well, what are, what are you calling it now? The ultimate guide to package the pricing ultimate guide to package pricing. Cause because package it pricing is guide, because you know, it's a, uh, yeah, it's, it's hefty. It's, it's ultimate. Hefty. It is hefty. So it's tell everyone what in you it. included in there to support people making this transition without tears and time and lots of money. Yes. So it is single comprehensive resource. That's the goal, right? And it's a combination. Each module is a combination of a video explanation and then the workbook, which has sort of action-taking workbook lessons, and then time-saving templates and digital downloads that kind of help that particular module just get fast-tracked into actual implementation. So it's that combo of helping you go from being like, what is package pricing? I don't know where to start to really going through the process, video, workbook, templates, go. I love it. Let's talk about some of those templates because I, so to be clear with everyone, maybe I should, I've never done an affiliate thing. So I don't really know when you're supposed to say this. Like, I, mean, I don't know either. So like this seems Marika good. and I talked <laughs> as, as she was creating this, we talked about her bringing this to my 
I hate the word audience. I actually did a reel about that once to my people, my communities, because <laughs> I just don't like the word audience to the, to the community that I've been, you know, kind of fostering for several years now on the podcast and, and also in the OT entrepreneurs, Facebook group for the last year or so, because I felt so strongly that this product could really help people. And I don't even know who, who I might've brought it up first to you to say, Hey, would you want to market this to people that I have in my community? And so we are dipping our toes into affiliate we are. agreements. It's not signed yet as we record this, <laughs> but we're working on a Google doc. It's all very official. Everyone yes, very, very, official. very, very official. clear and legal behind the scenes here. <laughs> so I, just to be honest with people, like this is the first time I'm play- well, I guess I wouldn't say it's the first time I, we did Trish and I did do some affiliate marketing with the OT entrepreneur summit last May, but it was, it was different because it was both of us and it was kind of a larger event and we learned a lot from it. So this is the first time I personally am doing any kind of affiliate. And I only bring this to people because I feel so strongly and part of us working together to figure out how to offer this to everyone Mm -hmm. was for me to look over. You were like, please give me feedback on this. Right. And I said, Oh, I was going to ask you if I could give you feedback on it. And I was blown away. I, I, I seriously was blown away by the value that this product offers to people, not only in walking them through the process, like the content of it, but the way that you have given them everything, those templates are gold. Yeah. So tell everyone, the t- <laughs> yes. I mean, the things that you paid a lot of money <laughs> to create, yeah. Oh, for t- sure. tell everyone like the templates that are included too. Sure. So one of the biggest templates, the longest template is a template called package descriptions and policies. And this is a document that again, this is probably if I spent over a hundred hours, this is like 50 hours on this particular (laughs) document. And you can see again, Jenny Gill, her hand is in here as well for communicating. So basically it, it goes through the package, like the different tiers of packaging, how you might frame it, how you will market it, how you will explain it to clients. And then it also goes through policies. So cancellation policies and what happens if there has to be a cancellation from the therapist side or the client side, it has insurance clarification. It has all of the nitty gritty of how to communicate clearly to people about how you work and how they get to work with you. So that's the biggest one. Uh, There's also that magic email that Laura and I talked about earlier (laughs) for transitioning current clients that Jenny wrote, and it's beautiful. That's a template. So you can use that if you are making a transition from hourly rates to package pricing, you can use that wonderful email. There's also, I am a little bit type A, can you tell? And I have a cancellation flow chart, which again, makes cancellations crystal clear. So you get that, you get my quarterly calendar and the calendar key. You have a super bill example, insurance reimbursement clarification, tip sheet for using your EMR. And I think that there are some other ones in there too, but those are a lot of them. We did not talk about how you structured cancellations. So the calendar, right, that you're going to get, that you give people a template of in this product, basically the way you run it is you have a 10 or 12 week session, and then there's a week in which cancellations are done. And it's very clearly on the calendar that Marika has in this, it's color coded and very clear for families because that can be so exhausting trying to like figure out all the dates and when are you going to do makeups and when are you going to, you know, so it's, I thought that was a really genius solution to the problem of cancellations. So, yeah, I mean, there are, um, yeah, there are designated makeup days in every quarter. So again, if there are cancellations, instead of going back and forth a bazillion times through email about what works for you, can you come at four o'clock on this day, blah, blah, blah. There are these specific and designated makeup days where it's easy to just schedule clients if they need makeup sessions. So, but yeah, you get the calendar and the calendar key, which again, so much of switching to package pricing because it's new for therapists and it's new for families. Communication is so important and a variety of ways to communicate. So not just a big text document, but also visuals. Visuals are really helpful for families, especially if you want 
you know, them to be able to glance at something and get a good idea. And then we can kind of work through the nitty gritty after, but so yeah, a lot of, there's a lot of good communication for how to make this transition be as smooth as possible. Yeah. I love that point about visuals because people don't read stuff. That's something I say all the time. People don't read stuff. So if you put a bunch of text onto a page, now my recent business bedrock sales page was not a good example because I just slapped up a bunch of testimonials there. I was like, wait, you got to read these. But, um, but basically people need a way to like process. We're so visual nowadays. And I think that's an excellent point you made about thinking about different ways to communicate the processes in your business and your flow chart is so great. It has like a, you know, it'll be like group was canceled. Was it because was my child sick? Yes. No goes down or whatever. No, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just, you follow the arrows and you find out whether it is going to be made up or not. And it's just a great, it's a great visual for families and one that you can just direct them to. And they say, so is this one eligible? Well, go to the flow chart, check it out. Let me know, you know, like, Yeah. So it's just a, I thought that was a really great resource. Okay. We have covered so much. I think this is going to help so, so many people. So let's do our last three little rapid fire questions. And Ah. what is your biggest fail learn in your business and how can other people learn from your fail learn and not have to have the same one themselves? Yeah. I'm going to keep the fail learns on in this context of like package pricing, like digital product, because I have so many fail learns in my business that I could go to, but let's keep it, you know, (laughs) concise and in the context of this. So one of the things is that, so I'm launching again at the end of August, 2021. And for this second launch, I had this expectation on myself that the product delivery had to be different, right? It had to be on a court on a, on a fancy course platform because it was no longer my beta launch. It was a second launch, right? So I needed yeah. to do a course platform video. So I looked into Thinkific, Teachable, Kajabi, Wix has its own kind of online course thing. And I spent a lot of time and then paid my VA money to kind of put the videos and everything into a program and then decided why, why would I make it more complicated when the zip file is really a fine and wonderful way to deliver the product? So I spent too much time and money exploring these different course platforms because I thought that's what I should do. So just keep it simple. People keep it simple. It will be okay. That is great advice. Keep it simple. Do not buy stuff that you don't need just to be quote unquote legit as a business owner. <laughs> yes. Yep. Okay. That was a good one. All right. Next one is what is going so well right now in your business and how can other people have the best chance of that same success? One thing that's going really well in my business is I really feel like I have addressed and solved the summer cancellation problem. So Again, with my quarterly packages, I am able to see for a whole quarter what revenue is going to come in because I know each client is paying a certain amount per quarter. Yeah. So this summer, what happened was I had some families who took a break from therapy, which is totally fine. And I kept a small caseload of 11 families. And those 11 families are extremely committed and signed up for the whole Q3. And then I ran four weeks of camp and I am able, I don't know. Should I share a number? Sure. Share a number. I I don't know. So, so Q3, right. With 11 clients and four weeks of camp, I made and will make $46,000 in this quarter. I love it. Which again, every other summer. And I'm telling you, I think this resonates with people who are listening because summer is usually, I used to think about summer as like anything that I made during the summer months was like a bonus. Yeah. I couldn't count on it. Yeah. And now, right. Like I can look at my Q3 and I can say, No, with 11 clients and weeks of camp, this is how much my business is making in revenue and I can sleep much more soundly at night. So that has been going really well. And how can other people do it? Well, (laughs) they could switch to package pricing or um, I just think like really making sure that if families are signing up for the summer, then you're thinking a lot about your cancellation policies and communicating that potentially during the summertime, it's different. 
right? And mm-hmm. if they are going on vacation, you cannot save their after school spot. Like those types of adjustments that maybe during summertime you have to cover your business a little bit differently in terms yeah. of client appointments and cancellations. And so making some contingency plans around that so it can be financially more stable. Yeah. For your business. Yeah. To protect your business. Yep. That's good. Okay. Where can people find you and how can they get this ultimate guide to package pricing, which is so amazing. Well, you can find me on Instagram, Marika Austin underscore OT. (laughs) And that's kind of where I am spending a lot of my business time. Now If I'm showing up there. That's where you can find me. And then it will probably be in the show notes, but uh, there is a website where you can sign up right now. It's coming out today, which means that if you want to buy it, you can go to the link in the show notes. It's on the Barefoot website, Package Pricing Guide, and you can purchase it today. It's out. It's out. Do they need a code, Marika? Yes. You should use the promo code Laura and you will get a special pricing. L-A-U-R-A. L-A-U-R-A. That's my name. That's Laura's <laughs> name. Put it in the promo code and there will be a little special pricing. I've never been a promo get. code. This is very exciting to me. Yeah, I know. It's my first exciting. promo code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, Marika, thank you. This, thank this, you. just the episode alone. I mean, it, it, it will help so many people rethink how they're offering services to really serve families and clients and people and change the world like all of us OTs love to do. So thank you. Oh, thank you. This is really fun. And I love, love, love talking about it so much. So thanks for having me on. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Did you learn a lot? I hope you did. My biggest takeaway was that You do not need to complicate things if you see a problem in a market. Sometimes the solution can be something that you can quickly take to market and find ways to get it in the hands of people who really, really need it. So if that is you, go on over to barefootot.com. That's B-E-A-R like a bear, like the animal, footot.com and Type in that promo code, Laura, to get a little special pricing for being a Mind Your OT business listener. Thanks for being here. Take a small step because great. Let's leave that blooper in. Take a small step because small steps make great gains over time. So until next time, mind your OT business.